0: Welcome to episode number 35 of the Piano Pantry Podcast and the seventh Teacher Talk episode. If you're new around here, while this podcast is primarily a solo podcast, every five episodes, I have a low-key, rejuvenating chat with teachers just like you. This week, I'm chatting with Anna Fagan, a teacher I met through Facebook social circles over the years. Anna and her husband made a big life move a couple of years ago, and she now teaches full-time from their RV home. Their RV repair dealer is only 30 minutes from me, so last year I got to go over and meet her in person for the first time and check out her RV teaching setup. She was back in the area this year, so I invited her over to share with us in today's teacher chat. Enjoy! Welcome to the Piano Pantry podcast, where together we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we talk about all things teacher life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. Well, welcome to the Piano Pantry podcast, Anna. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be talking with you today. Could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself where you're from, and maybe just give us a brief picture into your current teaching setup and your day-to-day teaching schedule. Oh, sure.
1: Well, I was born in Orlando, Florida, and I've been in that area uh, my entire life, (laughs) Uh, which led me to to where we are now, teaching, working and teaching from an RV. My husband and I moved full-time into a motorhome in April of
0: 2021. Prior to teaching from an RV, what did your teaching life and schedule look like? Uh, Well,
1: I was teaching five days a week, and I've been a church musician for probably 40 years now, so I have choir rehearsals on Wednesdays and services on Sunday, Um, and I teach um, anywhere from 30 to 35 students a week privately.
0: Do you still teach that many students now online as well from your RV? Uh, You know, I didn't lose a whole lot of students when I went online and also didn't lose
1: many when I went into the RV. I have about... between 25 and 30 now um, I, I was teaching group piano for the last year before we had to go online. So I probably had more students then. I, I really don't remember how many I had, but I loved groups.
0: So did you do group lessons online at all?
1: I started uh, again because it was it was the end of March when we went online. And I'd been doing groups for a little over a year at that point, and almost all of my students were in group lessons. So initially, yeah, I, I you know, you don't, didn't want to change anything; you didn't have to change. So I did groups online on Zoom, and personally, didn't find it nearly as fulfilling. The things that I liked about group in person didn't translate well online.
0: So you made the transition from teaching in person to teaching in your RV. Did some of that happen, like? During COVID, or did it happen after COVID? Or what was kind of your timeframe for that?
1: Well, it's, it's really kind of interesting the way it, it all kind of panned out. My husband and I have talked for years about uh, living full time in an RV, traveling, visiting around the country. Uh, and in the summer of 2019 is when we started talking about putting it on a timeline. And at that point, it was a four to five year down the road timeline. Uh, and then when, when COVID hit, and if you wanted to continue teaching, you had to go online. I did. Had done a little of it in the past. Um, didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Uh, but it was a necessity. <laughs> and what I found, I was surprised, was that I really liked it. And uh, my husband has some immune um, issues, immunity issues. We really wanted to be safe in our home. So I shared with my families that I would probably be staying online for the foreseeable future. Um, it, was, it wasn't was until October of 2021 that we actually ordered the RV and then we moved into it full-time that following April.
0: So did you, after COVID, did you go back to in-person lessons at all or did you pretty much just stay online and you just remained online?
1: No, I, 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 didn't, I never did any more uh, home lessons at all. Um, as most uh, piano teachers know, it's always a concern having students in your home that are bringing illnesses in. Even though we counsel them to please be considerate, <laughs> um, they are not uh, what they consider to be contagious. Is not always what we might consider to be contagious, and yeah. especially when you have someone in your home who is immune compromised. Uh, we wanted to be extra careful with COVID. So no, I my last in-person lesson was the beginning of March 2020
0: did you lose very many students in that at all? Like from, I guess you stayed online. So did it just kind of naturally flow right into like with your RV life or did you see any big loss of students in any way? Um, I, I wouldn't say I saw any loss of students
1: due to me going online or, um, or anything that had to do really with the pandemic or going into an RV. There's a normal attrition as you know, with students, students come and go based on, um, well, I was—I started to say moving away, but if you're teaching online, that's that's a bonus because they don't have to, uh, they don't have to uh, find another teacher. Uh, I had one six-year-old student at the time that I did refer to a friend in the area because I just f- personally feel like online works best with oh seven or eight years old and older.
0: Is there anything that you miss about your prior teaching setup when you were able to teach in person and in your home before? I miss the groups. <laughs> Um, I, I'd
1: always done five or six group lessons a year, um, and I still do those when we're coming up on recitals. Uh, in fact, next week, uh, we're recording this in mid-August and the kids are going back to school. I think for a lot of kids today is their first day back at school. So I've traditionally done, um, an ice cream and goals group lesson. And even though you can eat ice cream, you can watch each other eat ice cream on a zoom screen. It's not quite the same. <laughs> Uh, you can play games, but they're not quite the same. Um, and then, as I said before, I was teaching primarily group lessons, uh, and that was my favorite format ever. I, anyone who I could get to sit down long enough, I would, I would sing the praises of these particular style of online lessons that I had found and was enjoying. And I, I
0: still miss those. I love that idea of ice cream and, would you see, ice, ice cream? and goals. And goals. That's G-O-A-L-S. super G-O-A-L-S. unique. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's an idea that I got from another teacher, <laughs> which yeah. most be- ideas come from someone else, right? Yep. <laughs> and I just, it was many years ago and I just kind of reworked it and I rework it every year. Um, I, when I was doing it in person, I would usually send out a form for the kids to hopefully sit down with their parents prior to the group lesson and fill out goals and of course as you know with kids you can't just say what are your goals you have to give them a list yeah and then they check the box or whatever and hopefully the parents also would have some input in what they would like to see their child do Uh, I would supply the ice cream the kids would bring in their favorite topping and we would make the ice cream sundaes and they we would sit around the table and eat ice cream and, uh, always in group lessons, they play a piece for each other, a favorite piece. And then we would talk about the plans I had for the coming school year. And for each one of them, what kind of things they wanted to do in the coming year. So we still do that. Um, actually, um, I, because m- for most people in my area back in Florida, um, we are not experiencing a big surge in COVID right now. So I'm actually next Tuesday, I'm going to have, um, a live ice cream and goals. It'll be the first one since 2020. Um, and it will be, well, actually the first one since 2019. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we're hosting it at my church. I'm not going to have five or six kids come into my RV if you were imagining that No. No, (laughs) that will not be happening.
0: (laughs) Is there anything in particular that you now do that you teach online full time that feels unique to the online setup i mean most of it translated really well yeah
1: so there's not a whole lot of new i do have a new lesson format that i'm just have just rolled out in the last few months yeah
0: i'd love to hear about Um, that
1: they are well the big word for it is asynchronous but most people are like excuse you (laughs) So asynchronous means out of time or at a different time, and a lot of teachers in schools are doing this now um, with pre-recorded lessons, lessons that students can watch whenever it's convenient for them, and there are a number of music teachers that are are creating videos that they sort of put a bank of videos together and then students buy a subscription to those videos and that's been very successful for a lot of teachers but not something that's particularly interesting to me but because of some of the online subscriptions that i use um, those are easy for me to do personalized Um, and i have done some of this over the last couple of years if a student is unable to attend a lesson You probably have done a video for a student. Um, And so what I'm doing now, and I've just started this in the last few months, is I have students that are only learning with videos, Uh, but they are videos that are personalized for them. So it is a video exchange program. So once we get past the first lesson, in which, of course, they're working with, they're brand new, so they're working with a video that is probably tweaked a little bit from one that I would use with any brand new beginning student Um, each video exchanged after that will be based on my reaction to a video or an audio recording that they sent me and it will be personalized with the music that they are working on Uh, but in that way students who are really busy with after-school activities or adults who are in a job that their schedule fluctuates a lot or even for you know you I have these students every now and then who you can tell just really don't like to practice in front of you. And if you're if they're working with videos they never have to do that. <laughs> and they're short videos that I make like one video that's three or four minutes long for one piece of music. The format that I'm working on would give them an option to meet uh Depending upon what level, mm-hmm. I have three levels um, and three tuition points for these. So um, they would get anywhere from one to four short meetings with me a month. Okay. So they could work all month and yeah. just have like a one fifteen or twenty-minute session with me. But other than that, it would just be them watching a video working with the video sending me a video that i review and then send them a reply video
0: okay so, so it's a video it really exchange. is just video exchange it's a video exchange okay interesting yeah
1: but it's and it's personalized so it's not like you're it's not like you're obligated to learn this piece of music right um and and I have found as I'm sure you have that everyone learns differently yeah so that you, you explain something one way doesn't mean that's going to be successful, right. a successful explanation for every single student. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's why I didn't really want to go with all pre-recorded. Right. It's not like a predetermined course that they all do the yeah. exact same thing necessarily. Yeah, yeah exactly. How it's customized to them. And, you
1: know, as you get to know students, you know that they they need to see you do this. Yeah. Or they need to hear this. Or, yeah. or they are somebody that really reacts more to a visual explanation. I want you to imagine that you you know something is you're you're playing a piece about something that is falling. What is it that's falling? Yeah. And how do you feel about this thing that is falling? Um and so in in anything that I teach, um, there are a number of different angles. And so that's why I wanted to personalize the videos.
0: The fact that you teach online, of course, is not really unique anymore <laughs> because there's this many people true. doing this in this world. <laughs> but the fact that you live in an RV and you, you know, can go wherever you want, whenever you want. Is What if there was a teacher that was out there that was intrigued by doing this? Do you have any advice for them? Well, we have no regrets at all. That's awesome. <laughs> um, um, I would say that probably
1: the most research you would want to do would be into is RVing, really, for me, is, is living full-time in a very small space with qu- probably one other human (laughs) Uh, is that something that you would enjoy Uh, and my husband and i watched tons of youtube videos we looked we went to rv shows we walked through a lot of units Um, of course i was looking for a space in which i could put the piano and all the equipment because really everything that i'm teaching with is what i taught within the house the footprint takes up the same amount of space in fact the last couple of months we were in the house i would imagine okay if this is all i had would I have room for everything that I need? And I do. Um, and so I would say probably more research would, would need to go into, are you the kind of person that, um, enjoys the adventures that are not always fun adventures? Like, (laughs) like the reason I'm sitting across from you right now is because this is where the factory is for our unit. And this is the second time in a year that we've been up here to have repairs done. Now we don't, you can get repairs done anywhere, but we're still under warning. So you have to be willing to pack up your entire house and not have it available to you for eight hours, 10 hours a day. Yeah. For a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say you have to be somebody that likes the outdoors mm. because it's small space. We've got about 300 square foot of living wow. space. Um, but I love sitting outside. Yeah. I love sitting outside and watching the TV on the outside of the RV as long as I've got my bug repellent next to me um
0: so i would say do more research into that end of it now you guys have the type of rv is it called like a class a or something like where you actually drive the rv it's not like a pull behind or of any no it's a, yeah. it's a class a uh motorhome so it's um and it's a
1: definitely glamping if you're familiar with that <laughs> yes that term <laughs> it is uh it's about 39 feet long and we do tow um a Kia soul so we do have a, a car uh, with us which is important Because you don't want... If you're staying somewhere for, say, three weeks, you don't want to have to pack everything up just to go get groceries. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No. So, but we have uh, a king-size bed. We have um, four televisions, uh, a fireplace that actually heats the unit, provides some heat. We have two full bathrooms, like two showers. Yeah. Um, So, it's not... We are not hurting for any of the luxuries of life.
0: For sure. And I can, I can attest to that because my husband and I last summer oh, right. went to visit Anna when her and her husband were up the first time getting their RV worked on and got to have a little tour and see her, you know, teaching spot in the RV. And it's, it's luxurious <laughs> for a
1: 300 foot space. So Yeah. And when Amy saw it, like if she came over today, it's a mess because, it, you know, we're, it's, you know, we move every three weeks anyway, and so you pack everything up to move. I mean, imagine if you knew in your house you were going to have an earthquake in two hours. Yeah. What would you do? <laughs> what, what would you move off of? What, what's going to be? What's going to bounce off of a table and break? Um, well, how would you secure things in cabinets and refrigerators? Yeah. You know, if you live in a space that gets earthquakes, you know. Yeah. Probably. And so every time we move, so our RV is being moved every day right now. Yeah. They come and get it every morning. So we can't really unpack anything. So everything's sitting in boxes and laundry baskets and
0: that's a good way to think about it. Actually, <laughs> like when you're when you're putting things in places, like I have to be able to like shake this whole place and let this not go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you we have go. gone through the same thing because you probably saw outside our house when you pulled in, we have a little teardrop camper. Mm-hmm. It's a Braxton Creek Bushwhacker Plus, like 17 foot teardrop. And that's been one of our big things. We just bought it this year. And next summer, we're talking about taking off for the whole summer and travel, like going out west or something for a couple of months. And so this whole year has been kind of about getting it set up and going through that same process that you're Mm -hmm. talking about, like, okay, can we need to be able to tear down And in less than 30 minutes and just move to the next spot. Like we don't want to have to spend three hours tearing down every time like we did when we were tent camping, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know, and yeah, it's just, it's a little bit of, it takes a little bit of organization and creativity to figure out how to make that work.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And because you've got all your outdoor stuff as well as your, your indoor stuff. So you've got your hookups to power and water and sewer. Yeah. And then all your fun outdoor stuff, your chairs, your grills, your, you know, tables, your... Tiki lanterns here. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff that makes it home. So, uh, yeah. so we, I would, uh, people ask me how much longer? I don't know. As yeah. long as we can, uh, as long as we can, we'll be doing this.
0: So, talking about organization, what are some, ways that you keep yourself in your studio space organized in such a small space, especially?
1: Well, mainly, uh, you do as much as you can digitally, Mm. of course, because um, I I just can't have a lot of printed music. So I've got um, those magazine, I saw you have some of the plastic magazine holders. Yeah, I have, I think, five of those that sit on the floor next to my right foot. That stay there all the time in front of the piano. And then I've got three more that are on a space over my head when we're not moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I've just been really grateful for some of the publishers that have put, um, you know, atlases online where you can, like all of their music uh, is online. Um, And I I used a lot of online resources prior to that. I I was really happy that I had a lot of studio licensed music. Yeah. Um, because that's great now to be oh, yeah. able to share. And I've been really fortunate in that I was using a lot of online organizational tools before, before COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I had rolled into some of those.
0: Is there any, like, Mm -hmm. one particular tool or or resource that you use? You mentioned a few things, but is there just, like, one specific, maybe it's an app or it's something that you use in your RV that you're just like, I cannot do this without this?
1: (laughs) Oh. Well, aside from the keyboard. Of course, yes. Um, The iPad Mm -hmm. with the Fourscore app. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I have to have that. And really, Tanara.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I would not want to, you know... My music staff and Tanara, I had yeah before.
0: So I'm curious, how do you use Fourscore in your online lessons? Is that mostly for you, like creating lists for students, or do you, you know, mark up and actually show them scores?
1: Um, the 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 uh, iPad plugs into my laptop, so on Zoom, you know, you can share that as a shared mm-hmm. screen. In yeah. uh, the other online platforms I use, Rock Out Loud and Forte, um, I use the QuickTime app. Um, to share the screen Uh, because with with young students with new students students that haven't worked online you can't reach over and point to something i mean they learn really fast when you say tell me when you're looking at measure 17 yeah (laughs) tell me when you point to beat three and i can't really see but i can get the general idea that they're in the the right um but i can you know use the apple pencil and you
0: circle yeah i couldn't use my ipad anymore these days without the apple pencil (laughs) It's just so, I, I mean, I think about husbands. the old days of styluses I like know. and how inaccurate they were. And I used to have this one that had this little plastic end on it. It was like a circle. Oh, yeah. And I, you have know, yeah. Okay, and I have that. I have one like, in my
1: purse, but they break. Yes. Or your kid breaks them. Your student breaks them. <laughs> and the
0: Apple Pencil is so worth it.
1: <laughs> I know. I People will ask me, well, do you mind if I... Can I try it out? And I'll say, I don't mind, but you will want one. Just know that you're going to buy this. You (laughs) you might want to look and see how much they are. Yeah, my husband actually gave me his because I left mine in the RV this morning, so I have his with me. Well,
0: at the end of every episode, I like to finish off with one silly or fun fact about me. So since this chat is with you, could you share something interesting with our listeners about yourself?
1: Well, a lot of people, uh, even people I've known for many years are still surprised when I tell them that I worked at Walt Disney World in Florida for almost
0: 24 years. That is so fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I have my husband, that's where my husband and I met, and he worked there until COVID, you know, and fortunately he was one of the thousands of people, thousands that got laid off, but I have two younger sisters that still work there.
0: Was there anything that we didn't talk about today that you wanted to share with
1: the listeners? Uh, Well, one thing that I found surprising. (laughs) Uh There there wasn't about RV life, not about you, Amy. Okay. Um, (laughs) One thing I found surprising about Amy. (laughs) One thing I found surprising about RV life, because as I said before, my husband and I did so much research and we watched so many YouTube videos, but I had no idea how loud it is when it rains. Have you been in your teardrop when it rains?
0: Yes, that's did, did that surprise a great you? point. Yes, <laughs> like especially when you're teaching,
1: I'm I've been grateful yeah. to have to have headphones because then I can still hear the student because yeah. the sounds coming right into my ears. But if it starts pouring down rain, I'll usually say, "Can you still hear me?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's one of those things that you don't like you think, don't about, think about you don't, until yeah. you actually have to experience it. You know. Well, thank you very much for being here today, Anna. It was great chatting with you.
1: <laughs> thank you for chatting with me, Amy
0: that's a wrap I hope you enjoyed my chat with Anna I just love how little things bring us together such as Anna simply being 30 minutes away from my house for an RV repair if you would like to connect with Anna online you can do so at Fagan Piano Studio on Facebook on Instagram at A Fagan or through her website FaganPiano.com and I will link to all of those in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for showing up here week after week. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so new episodes will download automatically. And head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review. Next week, I have a special new series coming to you I can't wait to share. But it's a secret. You're going to just have to wait. See you then.